have your Bibles, I'm just going to read one verse real quick because we're going we're to do some teaching tonight. We're going to go to Romans chapter 13. And we're just going to kind of go through Romans 13 and depending on how So maybe we'll make it to verse 2. I don't know. In my notes, I gave Sister Michaela the bag. It's, I have Romans 13 and 14 in my notes. That's some serious optimism. Or a long night. Romans 13, 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. There is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Well, Larry, will you say prayer over the remainder of the service? Amen. And you may be seated. I, uh, I've been pretty thrilled. The weather seems to be warming up, but I've lived in Michigan too long to know. It's just messing with us right now. It's just dangling that carrot before us. Because if you've been here any length of time, you're going to find out it's going gonna, it's gonna to snow. Sometimes some of the worst snows we get are in the month of March. And so, Mr. Old man weather can be cruel at times. Let us feel what we've been missing, what we desire, and then take it from us. But glory to God. This is the day that he's made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And sometimes our spirit has to tell our flesh that. Romans 13, 1, and this will be out of the English Standard Version, so if you get Bibles, a different version, it's all right. It, it has the same meaning. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. This is talking about your political authorities and your civil authorities. This is talking about the police. This is talking about judges. This is talking about federal law, state law. This is talking about our jail system prison system. This is talking about those authorities. And it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Not only those authorities, but there are authorities that are given worldwide. And I'm not saying that we're going to submit to the mark of the beast if that's the leap you just took. We're way away from that. But I am saying that in Scripture, the Scripture says that we are to be subject to these authorities. And it also goes on to say this, for there is no authority except from God. And this is very important to understand this. There is no authority, zero, no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. I talked a little bit about it Sunday, but I think sometimes we fail to let our spirit lead our flesh. That even the spiritual authority of 
hell is given from God. Come on, somebody needs to learn a thing. The devil has authority. That authority is limited, and that limit is set by God. The devil's power and authority is not given to him by his own sheer will, by his own sheer command, by his own demands before the Lord. The Lord created the devil. The Lord created hell. He created the earth and he created the lake of fire. There is a distinction between hell and the lake of fire. We're not going to get into that. But God created all of that. Created heaven. Just as he gave authority to angels, the Lord set that authority. He sets the authority. The authority that happens on earth and the mind and the wisdom to make, it all passes before the Lord. It all goes before His eye. He knows the amount of power that some of the biggest antichrists that walk this earth and have ever walked this earth have been given. God allowed that. The most tyrannical Audacious rulers that have been murderous, committed genocide, horrific acts. God did not go on vacation when those took place. It was allowed by the hand of God. I'm not saying that it was a good work. I'm not saying that it wasn't wicked. I'm not saying that it wasn't evil. I'm not saying that mankind should tolerate from other mankind. But what I am saying is that our God in heaven who has all power and all authority, has allowed things to take place. And if he wouldn't have allowed that to happen, then it wouldn't have happened. Because anything that happens under the sun is with the permission and allowance of Jesus Christ. He allows these things to happen. If he didn't want them to happen, he would change it. He would take care of it. He would have altered it. But he allows it. And if we can come to that revelation, not just the knowledge, but the revelation that God is not only in control of our good days, but our bad days, it will begin to change our faith, our confidence in our walk with God, our confidence that God's hand is in control, that God's will is being done, that the calling that he's put upon us is being fulfilled. There is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. What 2 and 3 is saying is that our 
Lord and Savior, has allowed governing authorities in our lives. I believe that the hand of God was definitely leading, involved, invoking, provoked, created, and established the United States of America. I believe that that was the Lord moving on people to come into this land and to establish a new nation. I'm well aware that there were Native Americans that were cruelly beaten and their lands taken. I'm well aware that they were enslaved and they were murdered and they were raped and they were killed. I'm well aware of all of that. However, I feel that in the grand scheme of things, God was creating a nation. Now, it might not have been His desire that Native Americans were treated that way. The way they were treated was not necessarily ordained of God and is not excused from, they'll, they'll get their judgment, those that did those evil acts. But the creation of the United States and the creation of our Constitution and our Republic and our, demo, our democratic society was ordained of God. He's involved in it. I believe that he moved on our forefathers to create the society we live in. I believe that his will was accomplished. Maybe not his perfect will, but at least his permissible will. God was involved in the beginning and creation of our nation. Not everything was done right and proper. God allowed things to happen. But the goal was the creation of the United States of America. Why? So that there would be a, a mass group of Gentiles that would come to know Jesus Christ. That there would be a nation that would say, in God we trust. That would teach our children. And the United States has been the leading Christian nation for a long time now. And we're losing that. Because hell is fighting. But hell does not fight with authority that God has not granted. What I'm saying is as we get closer to the return of the Lord, as Scripture is being fulfilled, the attack of hell and satanic forces in this world and in this nation, in our culture, in our government, in our community, in our workplaces, in our schools, the ever-growing authority of hell and its influence is being allowed by God. And we don't like this kind of teaching, but this is the Word of God. That God is allowing the advancement of evil in this earth. His Word teaches it will happen. His Word lays it out in the book of Revelation that it's not going to get better before it gets worse. That it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. And that is the Word of God. And no matter how good of Christians you and I are, no matter how much fasting, no matter how much praying, no matter how much begging, no matter how much faith we have, we will never change the Word of God. You cannot out-trump the Word. We cannot out-believe the Word of God. If that's what's going to happen, 
then that's what's going to happen. Listen, the Bible says that no man, not even the angels, know the return of the Lord. There's been this common theme that, that Pentecost is just swept through that, that that's dependent on the church. Really? Because the Word of God says that there's an appointed time. An appointed time. An appointed hour. And that appointed hour is known only by God. But we think that this time shifts and changes with the church. No, we shift and change with the time of God. We beat to his, we, we, we dance to His beat. We march to His tune. We follow the Word of God. We don't change the Word of God. We don't alter the Word of God. We are obedient to the Word of God. And the authorities of hell that are increasing in this earth are not to torment Christians. It's not to make our faith be strained and for us to falter and for us to sin and for us to melt away in, in great fear in our mind. That's not the plan of God. That's not the will of God. What the will of God is, is as darkness becomes ever more present, the light of the Holy Ghost should become even that much more brighter. As the separation between right and wrong begins to become vast, then we should stand out like a sore thumb. We should stand out from this world. We are not trying to look like this world, talk like this world, act like this world, believe like this world. The problem with easy Christianism and easy believism is that there's no difference between any of the denominations. There's no difference in any of the Christian religions. It's all one and the same. Just accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're going to heaven. We know the Word of God teaches much more than that. But God is not looking for us to become the world. God is looking for the world to become part of Him. I know we're still like in the first three. But it's important that the church understands that as hell gains more authority, that we do not fall into the trap of believing that as hell grows and its influence increases, that we think, oh, we've messed up, or we're not good enough, or we're not pressing enough, or we're not praying enough, or we're not fasting enough. Listen, we, we're not that powerful. We are not, and I know I might hurt somebody's feelings, but we're not that important. We are the children of God. But I have watched and read and I have studied the Word of God that when God needs to set His child down, God will set His child down. And the will of God says that He's going to allow great things to happen in this earth so it's going to rock this earth to its very core. And that there will be great wickedness and there will be an antichrist that arises, right? And there'll be great things and great plagues and great disasters that begin to take place on this earth. 
These things are in the Word of God. These things are ordained and already said they're going to happen, and we're not going to stop that. But we take on a God complex. And because we think we're the children of God, and we hear so many times, and I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for this because I preach you've got the power of God in you, and I believe that. But sometimes we can blur that line, and because we know we got the power of God in us, we think we're the power. But the spirit of a prophet is subject. We are subject unto God. And the power of God in us, the power of the Holy Ghost, is subject to the word of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost in us is not going to violate the word in this. That's not going to happen. God will not trump this because this is God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It's impossible for God to trump his own word. He is his own word. And his own words are him. But we think because bad things gain ground that we are faltering or we're weak or we're not doing enough. Knock it off. We're not God. I know you're praying. I know you're fasting. I know you're committed. I know you're studying and you're doing the best you can. But we've got a lot of people here that want to take the power that they feel in and act like the responsibility is on you. Listen, honey, you can pray 24-7 a day and this world is still turning evil. Our job is not to stop the evil. Our job is to say, God, while the evil approaches, what do you want me to grab out of it? Who do you want me to reach in the midst of it? Who do you want me to testify to while it's taking place? We're not the Savior of this world. God is. I know that this isn't popular teaching because everybody wants a pastor that's just going to teach, hey, listen, get on your hands and knees and praise, and you're going to bind hell, and it's going to back up and run. We love that kind of preaching. But that's not what's happening tonight. We're talking about a global invasion of hell in the eyes of God, permissible, allowable by Him. And there are events that are going to take place that we are not going to stop. And our job isn't to even focus on trying to stop it. Our job is to try to help every last person we can to not be warped into that vortex of evil, to be able to pull them out, to be able to say, I know a God that can save you. It's our job to run to them, grab their hand in one hand and Jesus' hand in the other hand and connect them. But we think sometimes that we look past that and we look at the approaching evil coming and say, rise up against the evil. Forget the evil. God's the chess master. Evil doesn't have authority unless he gives it to them. Our job is to go after Lot because we're not going to stop Sodom and Gomorrah from burning. 
I feel like I'm, I'm not getting across, like I'm failing to deliver my heart. Our job is to be the vessel of God, a conduit. And our job is to lift up prayer that God would move and God answers prayer. I'm talking more on a global level here, like the United States and the other nations and the wars that will take place and the leaders that will rise and fall. Everybody got so caught up in this past election but we needed to really get a good slap of spiritual reality that God will allow who He allows and He'll set who He sets. I heard a man say that if President Trump didn't stay in the office, that it was the church's fault. No, it's not. It's not our job to put presidents in office. The Word of God says that God does that. Oh, we've got our vote. We can go put a vote in. Sure, I'm glad. I'm happy you voted. But voting is not putting a man in office. Voting is just exercising one of our rights. This past election has caused rifts among brothers and sisters in apostolic churches. These things should not be. This should not happen. This should not be an issue among brothers and sisters who are saved. Politics should not rip a divide among the brothers and sisters of Christ. Because we're not here for politics, we're here for salvation. I'm not saying you can have likes and dislikes. You know that. I've taught on this. You, you know you can, you can be whatever you, party you want to be. That's whatever. That's between you and God. But that shouldn't be between you and me. Right? I'm telling you that there are churches that have split and churches that have moved out and stopped fellowshipping with one another because of an election of a president. As far as I know, neither one are filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I wish they were. I pray that they both would be, but as far as I know, neither man was. But God gave the authority. God gave the okay. If God wouldn't have given the okay, it wouldn't have happened. He allowed it. Three, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct. What that's saying, and, and young people, this is something you really need to learn. If you're older, you've probably learned this one or time or two. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct. What that means is a judge, as long as you're obeying the law, you're going to be all right. But if you go robbing people, if you go committing felonies, if you go doing B&Es, if you're doing drugs, and you get caught doing these things, it says that they're not a terror to people that are law-abiding citizens. That the judicial system is a terror to those who are not. Would you have 
this is what he says, and he's talking on, on this level. Now, this isn't a spiritual level, per se. He's saying, let me, let me just change this in the words of Josh. Would you have no fear of the police when they pull you over? Do you not fear the FBI if they raid your home? Yeah, you do. Who here has ever been pulled over? I, I have. I don't want to know why. Well, when that policeman comes to the, the window, you, you roll it down. And the whole time they're walking up, you're like, please, Lord, let mercy happen. Please, Lord, let him be having a good day. And then you get the ticket. But I'm a child of God. How come God didn't come through and stop that ticket? Think about this. How come God didn't just invoke his power over that policeman? Like, there is no ticket here for you. And if you're a Star Wars nerd, you got it. God doesn't do that all the time. Sometimes that cop sits there and says, driver's registration, I'll be back with a cha-ching. And come back and you're like, I'm a child of God. Right, but you broke the law. And even God's children he allows to get whipped. Because those institutions of judgment are of God, that there would be laws. Laws are not bad all the time. Laws stop lawlessness. Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. That's not God's approval. That's talking about the judge's approval, the policeman's approval, the FBI social services, whoever you want to put in that blank. If we do what's right, then we will not have them after us. Verse 4, for he, I'm just using the police, so we're just going to continue with that. For police is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For the police do not bear the sword in vain meaning they didn't just stick flashing lights on their car so they go, ooh, pretty. And they don't get out with a, with a gun on their hip because they want to look like a cowboy. There's not caps in that sidearm. It's not a flag that's going to shoot out like a clown that says, bang. It's not blanks in that gun. And it's not there for good people. It depends on how you look at it. Well, it protects good people and stops bad people. But if you take the scripture, it says their sword in vain, but let's just say a cop's gun in vain, right? That's today. Uh, our cops aren't running around. We don't have, like, the mounted police with swords, right? This isn't Canada. 
have guns. Those guns can kill. And that is all instituted and allowed by our Lord and Savior. And we should fear them. There should be an earthly fear. There should be an earthly respect, young people. It is biblical to respect the police. It is biblical to respect the magistrate and the judges over you. That's biblical. I'm not so hard. I know people speed, right? I get it. Run a stop sign, red light, you know, you thought was a little bit of yellow. You know, before you entered. We all break the law at times. And if we break the law and we get caught and God doesn't intervene with mercy, then his grace will be sufficient to cover that ticket. By grace, I mean you're still going to pay that ticket. He's just had grace on you to give you a job so you can work and get more money to replace the money you just spent on your disobedience. Right? Just because we're the children of God don't make us exempt from this stuff. We're not exempt. I didn't get fired at all. Romans 13.5 Therefore one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath but also for the sake of conscience. Meaning that we, we should fear God. If we disobey the authorities that he's governed here on earth like the police, if we're disobedient to them and disrespectful to them when we break laws, not only should we fear them but we should also fear God because we're putting a bad reputation. We're being disobedient to him by disobeying the rulers here. Now, I have stayed away from all laws that break religion and stuff. I'm not getting into that tonight. Just a general overview here. We should be obedient to the laws that govern us. And in this, we please the Lord and we please the police. We make both happy. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Verse 6, for because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities, this is like the government, right? The authorities are ministers of God. That's hard. Well, you, you know God created them, right? Like God created them. Literally. Put a soul in them and wants them to be a child of God too. Right? My brother and brother-in-law are in the authority. Mimi's husband is a cop. You better pray you get pulled over by him and hope that he'll cut you the apostolic freebie. So if you're in flushing, don't break the rule. Then you don't have to be pulled over by Brother Aaron. And then don't go to jail so you don't have Brother Zach. watching you. 
But on that note, you know, Christians can be in these positions. And so we need, you know, Cornelius was a Roman centurion. Had a hundred soldiers underneath him, a man of authority, and God saved him. So we need to be careful, and we need to walk upright before the laws of this earth, before heaven. It says, because you, by this you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God. Meaning they are ministering the dynamic in heaven. By that I mean this. I need you to know that in heaven there's actually laws. There's crickets, so John, everybody's you ready for musicians? Is that? There's laws in heaven. There is. Do you know that there's authorities in heaven? That there's hierarchies in heaven. There's structure in heaven. And because the world is created by a very structured God, an orderly and organized God, he's not a God of chaos and confusion, therefore our worldly societies will mimic and model some of the heavenly authority. So when it calls the authorities, meaning our government officials, the ministers of God, what it means is they are ministering the form of law in the government from God. That they are ministering a lawful society. Not that they are ministers, men of God, per se, holding a spiritual office, but they are, it's possible that God doesn't always deal with things in the church. I need more time. And maybe not on Wednesday night when everybody's falling asleep. If the musicians would come, bail me out. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. So verse 7 says, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Don't cheat on your taxes. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Pay your credit cards. Shouldn't even have your credit cards to begin with. Oh, sorry. That's another lesson. But verse 7, this is the word of God. This is the word of God. I know I'm not preaching a Sunday message here, but we're, we're teaching. This is the word of God. Pay to all, to all what is owed them. For the authority, what is owed them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Do not cheat on taxes. You can use the law to get your tax cuts and things like that, but pay your taxes. That's biblical. Even if you think that our country is ripping us off, well, we might feel that way, but we're still commanded in the Word of God to be obedient to the Word of God. And the Word of God says, pay your taxes. And revenue to whom revenue is owned. And this is... Look, if you, you, you buy a house and you say you want a mortgage, then pay your mortgage. If you take out credit cards, which you shouldn't, and you go buy a million th dollars worth of credit, then you've got to pay your credit. You pay. Right? Pay. 
the revenue to whom revenue is owned, and respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. And we love to put this back into the church, but it's still talking about the world. That means if you, if you, if you bump into your mayor, the mayor of Swartz Creek, that we should show honor to that political position. We should not be disrespectful. You know, I went in, the lesson I was learning, I wanted to fight a ticket. And I went in to fight the ticket. And I had my baseball hat on, came from work. And I walked in, I sat down, the magistrate looked right at me, and he's like, take your hat off. And I knew right then and there I wasn't going to win nothing. It was over. It was done. It was done. It wouldn't matter what I said because I walked in and I didn't show respect. I don't go into a courtroom ever again with a ball cap on. So that's why we don't come to church with a ball cap too. Just want to pause and bring that in. So we should pay respect to our political leaders and honor them be respectful so we carry a good testimony of the love and grace of Jesus Christ we might not like the laws and the rules I understand that we might not like and agree on all these things but just because we don't like necessarily the things that the lawmakers and the politicians are doing does not negate our biblical responsibility to show honor and show respect stop on that note. I feel the tiredness of the sentence. You'd all stand. I would just like us, if we could, I'm going to open this altar for everyone that would. I'd like everyone to just come and find a place with God. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, if there's if there's a civil dispute, a civil case, if there's a criminal case, if there's a fight over land with a neighbor, if there's an issue with the rulers of this earth, if you're de- if you're struggling with who president is or who the president was, if you're struggling with politicians, the political life of this world. We need to realize that God is on the throne and that God's ways are above man's ways. And while we're here on earth, we're going to be obedient to the word of God. We're going to hold our head high. We're going to keep our chin up. We're going to we're not going to be sarcastic to those leaders. We're not going to be rude to them. We're not going to spit at them. We're not going to throw bottles at them. We're not going to shake our fist at them. We're going to pray for them. Come on, we're going to pray for our leaders. We're going to pray for the authorities. We're going to pray that the peace of God would be on them. Part of our duty is to pray for our leaders. Pray for our authorities. And I'd like us, it's a good time to do that. This is a a great Wednesday. 
Sometimes we need to pray for our community. And I feel in the Holy Ghost to ask everyone, I'd like us to do something. I'd like us in our prayer tonight to pray for our local police departments. Part of our congregation is in them. Brother Paul, we talked the other day, you know, you you you, you go through a lot when, you, when you're trying to help people. Brother Paul tries to help a lot of people, and there's people that don't want help when he's trying to help them and, and are very rude to him. I would say you're a health authority. He's like, he's being modest, but it's true. My sister tells stories she goes through. I want us to pray for our local authorities. I'd like us to pray for the mayor of Swartz Creek. I'd like us to pray for the mayors of our surrounding communities, the governing officials, the township managers on a, on a local level. I want us to pray that God would touch them. I want us to pray that God would lead us to help to tell them about him. Pray that they'd be baptized in the name of Jesus. Pray they'd be filled with the Holy Ghost. Pray that when our mayor drives by our church, there's something that says, I want to go check that place out. We've got two or three policemen that sit out in our parking lot that watch this church, and I'm thankful for that. But God, I pray that they would go from being out in that parking lot to being on the front row. God, I pray that you'd fill them. you come. I'd like us to pray. I'd like us to come and pray for our local authorities, our local government, our police system. I'd like us to pray for our leaders in the nation. I'd like us to pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus.